1: Holy smokes. Holy (laughs) spirit.
0: Holy spirit, yes.
1: Oh, Oh, man. Okay, guys. So here's the deal. Happy Monday. Happy last week of February. There's there's, There's been a change of plans. Okay. So we just are on fire for the lord right now and we just finished recording stronghold number three with nikki yeah so our plan was that at the first episode of every month would be a stronghold but we're too excited you know how like when you buy somebody yeah. a present and you're just so excited to give it to them and sometimes you just can't wait well we just can't wait to That's give you we give. Yeah. yeah we can't wait to give you stronghold number two so today You are going to hear from Nikki and myself. Steph was at work. She's a working girl. So Steph is not on this episode. However, Nikki and I did Stronghold number two. Next week is going to be Stronghold number three. You need to listen to these episodes. And if you haven't listened to Stronghold number one, go back and listen to that. But this is going to be life-changing, you guys. And we just couldn't wait. it just, we can't wait that long. We just can't wait that long. So
0: so much happening. Um, I I'm a week into my Daniel fast and social media fast. It's wild. A lot, you know, a lot of people have asked about that. Um, and another really cool thing that happened, which I haven't really even been promoting my six week rounds or whatever, but today, um, is the new round launching where it's faith-based. So for the first time ever, they're incorporating that whole part. So if you're interested in that too, let me know. But the the Lord is just working um so boldly and it's because we're being so boldly just pursuing the Lord. And so we just want to continue to share that here. And we have had such amazing feedback and all along we've talked about our love for the Lord and our faith and all of those things. But um, it's just a completely different thing now. And that just really, it is like, it is Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit, yeah. Um, it's showing yeah. up in and through us and for you guys. And so we're just so incredibly
1: excited. And again, so incredibly thankful for Nikki and her time and her willingness to share. And she's just such a a light in the world and the way she just is on fire for God. And she is unapologetic in her faith. And she equips herself with the word, the, the, the full armor of God guys. And it is, is just incredible. The spirit, the whole, it is so simple yet. So many people get it
0: wrong. Um, and we just continue, I think for both of us continue just to hear things that are like mind blowing. Oh, you know, yeah
1: little convictions you know like oh boy you know and that's the thing like you can't change what you don't know you can't you can't change what you don't acknowledge and when you're when you're able to see it and acknowledge it like this is what this is where action can take place and again I keep saying it but this is what activate is right this is this is where you can get unstuck in your life and this is where you can take action and there's no better place to take action this is securing your your place in eternity and there's you know we, there's no nothing we could teach you or no episode that we could um, come up with on our own that would be more valuable than what we're getting to share with you in these episodes. So um, and that started, but we got away from that, right? We kind of and and now it's
0: just so clear to us in fact that very first week where we we're like, hey man, we're going all in. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, what if we bring back the call to action? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. But so. yeah, so so I'm so excited. So here it is for you, Nikki Ullenhaug, uh Stronghold Number 2. Yeah. It just, and guys, if you think last week and this week are good, wait until you, you get to next week. I just can't even, we just were recording for like two hours. It, it is insane. Incredible. Yeah. Amen, guys. Reach out to us and tell us what you think. I can't wait to hear.
0: God bless you guys. We love you. All right, guys, before we get in the episode, I just want to talk to you about NUX Activewear. Work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high-performance activewear that doesn't compromise on the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process, from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel positive planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. Nux Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. Power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals, and strive for that extra rep in Nux Active. Run, don't walk over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways as a gift to you. Take 20% off your purchase with promo code ACTIVATE20 at checkout. That's ACTIVATE with a K, 20 at checkout. Make positive moves with NUX Active.
1: We are here with Nikki Ulenhock. I'm so excited to do Stronghold Number 2 Rebellion. We had a huge um, just response to the last couple episodes that Nikki um, was on and we're just, Steph and I are so excited to get to share this with you guys. Nikki's doing incredible work. I love following along. I hope you guys have followed her and are seeing some of the work that she's doing because it's it's truly amazing and inspiring. Uh, Steph is on her second full week of working her new job and she desperately was trying to get here on time, but she just texted. She just left work. So We're giving her all the grace as she, you know, goes into the next, this next sort of um, season of her life. We're hoping it's not um, a permanent thing, but she's doing what she has to do for right now. So um, she will not be on this episode, but she will be on all the following episodes and um, just wishing her all of the best as she um, starts this journey. It's been, um, I know she'll come on and share more, but it's been. It's been really hard after nine years of being home. So, yeah. So, Nikki, welcome. And thank you so much for coming back. I'm so excited for this.
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Every time I get to walk through each of these, you guys, I feel like I get more deliverance and freedom. So, thank you. <laughs> Yes,
1: definitely. And that just goes to show like, if you get something out of this or you listen to this and you think it's incredible, you can listen to it again and hear something that you never heard. It's like reading the Bible, right? Like, you read it over and over again and you get something different out of it every single time you open it.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's definitely one of those tools, like your toolbox that you never want to put it down, just do it once and set it on the shelf to collect dust. You want to. Stay tune, stay plugged into this as well as scripture, and watch your life change. I'll just put yes. it like, that, is watch your yes. life change. It's there's so much freedom in it.
1: Yes, watch him do it.
2: Yeah. So today is you know, last time we went over deception, that was the number one stronghold. Um, the second stronghold that we're going to go over today is rebellion. Um, and you know, oftentimes you can't rebel unless you first have deception, right? Mm. Um, So I'm going to do just a basic caption here on rebellion and what that looks like and how the enemy uses it against Christians if they don't know the truth. And then we can open up and dive in um, to exposing rebellion, if that sounds good. Um, Okay, so Satan's conspiracy is aimed against the authority of God. He prompts people to challenge God-ordained authority with self authority, and Mm. replace fear of God with people pleasing. Satan's goal is to prompt us to become our own God bent on controlling our own destiny. So Mm. that in a nutshell, I know that's a lot in just a couple of sentences, but we're going to dive into scripture today and biblically back up what rebellion is, what is walking outside of, or what is rebelling against the word of God because sometimes I know before I walked through this, I mean, there are some things that are clear, but this stuff makes it really, really clear as, you know, some sometimes people will look at that and go, well, that's not really that bad or that's not. Mm-hmm. But we're going to expose it with biblical backing and root that in truth today so that um, all the listeners can understand uh, where we're coming from. Love that. So we're going to dive in first. We do have a couple chapters today. So a little bit of this reading is going to be a little bit longer, but I promise it's really good. Um, You're going to want to know the whole story for some of that. So we're going to dive into about six or seven scriptures here to expose rebellion to start. Um, And Kristen's going to be our reader today. So we're going to start with Isaiah 14, 12 through 15.
1: How have you fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn? You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit.
2: Yeah. So that's so good. So Lucifer's fall was initially rooted in rebellion against God. Why? Because he wanted to be his own God and he took pride Mm. in that. And so he fell and he said, I'm not going to listen to what you have to say. I'm going to make my own rules and I'm going to be my own God because I don't want you to be my God. And so his plan and his agenda is for people to follow that so that they Mm -hmm. become their own gods. And therefore, they're walking out uh, rebellion, essentially, against God when we do that. So uh, next verse we're going to go to is Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And I think we were there last week as well.
1: I think we were, too. I had it marked. Uh, Now, the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves.
2: Yeah. So we were, they were, we were there last week too. So that just reminds you that first portion in Genesis three, one through seven reminds us of first there's deception in that because the serpent, you know, he sneaks his way in and he ultimately he challenges God's word and God's authority saying, you know, did God really say that? And for someone that maybe doesn't know or they're not rooted in that, they're going to be easily tempted, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Eve was easily tempted and then her, or her husband, you know, he was tempted because she was tempted. She mm-hmm. ate the fruit first. Um, and so it just goes to show that um, Satan, his his ultimate goal is to first challenge the word of God and God's authority to tempt you to get you to walk outside of God's will. Mm. Um, okay. So the next one we're going to go to is first Samuel chapter 15 and 16. So this will be a little bit longer. All right. We're going to break them all down once you read through them here.
1: Okay. So Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you King over his people, Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men, women, children, and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telame, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, (laughs) Kenites, <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These these they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all the night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told Saul had gone to Carmel. <laughs> there, I am was like, oh, salted caramel, trim. <laughs> that's not good that that's what I think of when I'm reading the Bible. Okay. <laughs> There's, there he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone on down to Gil- Gilgal when samuel reached him saul said the lord bless you i have carried out the lord's instructions but samuel said what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears what is this lowing of cattle that i hear saul answered the soldiers brought them from the amalekites and they spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the lord your god but we totally destroyed the rest enough samuel said to saul let me tell you what the lord said to me last night tell me saul replied samuel said Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission and the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams." For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance, like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore. Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel went back with Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Agag came to him in chains and he thought, surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Saul, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, how will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what to do. You are to, an- you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, did you come in peace? Samuel replied, yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one, either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all of the sons that you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So, so he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord Tormented him. Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine looking man, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who was living, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey and loaded with bread, a skin of wine and a young goat and sent him with his son, David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse saying, allow David to remain in my service for I'm pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would take up his lair and play. The relief, then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him.
2: Good job. That was such a chunk. (laughs) That was such a chunk. I'm sweating. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot. I know. It's like, oh, it's been a minute since I walked through this one. Um, No, that was really, really good. So I'm just going to do like a little breakdown of all of that, of what you you just read. And I'm not going to have you read each one again. but um. So if we back up to 1 Samuel 15, so um, right there from the get-go, verses 1 through 9, um, he compromised. So Saul compromised the command of God right out of the gates. He was compromising. Mm -hmm. And then if you skip to verse 12, he built a monument to himself. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he's building something for himself. He's his own God, essentially. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that can happen a lot in this world and the things that we build and we acquire. Um, At the end of the day, God is the reason we have everything that we have. But when we put our name above his, then we have built a monument to ourselves, essentially. Um, And then if we uh, skip to verse 13, and this is still chapter 15. He defended his own sinful actions. So what happens in rebellion is because we don't agree with God or we don't realize it's sin or deception or rebellion, um, we defend our own actions and we say, this isn't, this isn't sin or this isn't rebellion. I'm just this. I'm, it's always, you'll always be able to tell because there'll be a lot of I in there. Mm. I, this, Mm -hmm. I, that, I, I, I remember that's pride. And anything that we're building upon ourselves, there's going to be a lot of I in the middle of that. Um, And then if we skip, this is still uh, chapter 15, verses 14 through 21, he became openly argumentative. Mm -hmm. So at this point, he's arguing. um, He's not understanding. And he's definitely not coming into agreement with it being rebellion on his his end. And then chapter 24, um, he opted to please people above God. And that's mm-hmm. where, um, there's multiple scriptures that talk about, uh, we don't please, we don't aim to please man. We aim to please God in his word. And oftentimes if we're pleasing man, we're obviously rebelling against God because man wants things and expects things that God would never expect from us and vice versa. They're mm-hmm. two very opposite, um, expectations from man versus God. Um, and then if you skip to 27, Um, He then struck out at God, ordained authority. So he's basically attacking it, still not coming into agreement. And then 30 through 31, um, his worship was for public show. Again, I, pride, Mm, I, 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 that's rebellion, and he's building his own temple, essentially. Um, And then just a couple in chapter 16, I know after all that you just read, um, (laughs) chapter 16, he then begins to openly persecute godly authority. So now Mm. he's mocking it. And again, if you're hanging out with or you're equally yoked to someone who's openly mocking God's authority and God's word, um, if you're not rooted in the truth, this is where temptation comes in. This is where the enemy comes in. He just slithers on in. And because you trust someone or know someone, Um, It doesn't always necessarily mean, I mean, if you know the word of God and you know what he expects out of you, that holiness, that purity, that righteousness, and you have a close friend that you're equally yoked to, if they're doing something in opposition, we should be able to have a conversation with them. We should be able to say, hey, sister, I know you get your truth the same place I do. Mm. Um, We can't be doing that.
1: Mm, I love Um, that. Yeah, um,
2: We can't be doing that because we're both walking in sin at that point. Um, The only time that that could be, you know, you'd get some trouble is if, if you're, if you're, um, in relationship or hanging out with someone who, who is not a believer and then, right. obviously you know, they don't get their truth from that. Um, and so you can't just say, Hey, this is, you know, this is wrong for us because for them, it's not wrong because right. that's not their God. Right. Um, so that was just a little bit of, uh, of that. And then, gosh, then you go to verse 14 though, rebellion led to demonic torment. I'm going to be so bold to say that a lot of times Christians today are dealing with demonic torment. They're not they don't have demons inside of them. Mm-hmm. There's unclean spirits that operate inside of people, but you can't have the Holy Spirit and demonic oppression at the same time, but demons can torment you if you're outside of the will of God, and that's where we're at in Christianity today is we need to know these things so that we don't have to constantly sound like a broken record with prayer. Sometimes mm. it's our own obedience. Sometimes it's our own rebellion that's causing these demonic, um, this demonic activity in our lives. And, and really they just have legal authority because we've opened the door. So until mm. we close the door and we repent, we come into agreement with God saying, I'm sorry, God, that was rebellion. I see it as rebellion. I agree with you. I repent of that. I turn from my wicked ways. Then that closes that door. So mm. you can't end that but sometimes we don't realize we have the power and authority. We've opened the door and now we need to go and close it. And um, you're not alone. If you have to close doors, I've had to close yeah. many doors in my life. I'll say a repentance prayer, just in case something's there, you mm,
0: know, and I, love um, that. Yeah. I, I can't
2: tell you how many times chains have fallen and the weight has fallen. Every time I say a prayer of repentance, I'm just like, God, I don't know if anything's there, but if it is show me and let me repent of that. Yeah. Um. And then Also, so this is kind of a recap too. This is from uh, chapter 15, verse 23. So rebellion is identified with the sin of witchcraft. All right. Hmm. So I know that sometimes we look at that, um, that's sorcery, that's witchcraft. Rebelling against God is witchcraft
0: Hmm.
2: because there's someone else leading and it's not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. So I know that can sound kind of crazy, but if you go to verse 23, It says it. Rebellion is as sin of divination. Divination is witchcraft. Mm, Wow. So I don't like to hear that. (laughs) And when I heard witchcraft, I had to really take a look at that and go, wow, there's witchcraft in the Bible. There's witchcraft in rebellion. Um, And had to really back it up there. Is there anything that really stood out to you? I know that was a lot in those two chapters.
1: Um, what stood out to me is that I don't think I've read aloud, um, that much for <laughs> since gosh knows when like, like high school, middle school, when the teacher calls on you, you have to read out loud. Um, but what stands out to me, honestly, I'm, it's interesting. Cause what I keep, what keeps coming to my mind as you're talking is like that Grammy performance. I don't know why that's, what's coming to my mind, but it's just like, and even the super bowl halftime show like i i don't know like it's almost like if we if we love those things that's rebellion against god right like that's so opposite to what he wants for us and what he's showing us is good um so i don't know why that came to my mind but i guess just because it's just been so recent um so that came to me but it also comes to me like i just it, there's so much here and I could have read these two pages and never stopped to think rebellion is like the sin of divination. Like that's huge, but I think I could have just read right by it. You know, it's so interesting.
2: Yeah. I'm with you. Like there are times before I would have read through this and we didn't have this material yet, uh, this freedom quest material. And so this is a deeper dive into Mm. our actual sin, you know, rebellion is a sin. Well, where's rebellion in the Bible? And so then we I, go back through when we pick those pieces and say, well, here's actually where it's at. And then we can identify that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Also with, um, the, I don't even know what to call it. Cause I don't watch any of that stuff.
1: Oh my <laughs> gosh. Good. I don't, I, don't it, I, but I didn't even, I did not, I will say I did not watch it either. I watched a few minutes of the halftime show and then I went to, it was, it disgusted me. And then I went to bed, but the Grammy thing, I don't watch that either, but I just, it just kept popping up in my, you know, Instagram. And honestly, it was like, hold the line and people like that being like, no, like this is Satan worship. And you know, so it's, it's just, I don't know, scary and and crazy. I I have seen
2: a lot of that. And that's really cool because the Holy Spirit, so this is what's happening. So conviction is from Mm. the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is from the devil. So when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we're born again, he leads and guides us. So whatever's grieving him, listen, mm-hmm. he doesn't love the Grammys. He doesn't love the halftime show.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: you're literally feeling his spirit grieving because his spirit lives inside of you. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to some of the most terrible music and watch some of the most terrible TV shows pre Jesus. And I never asked him to take those things away from me. But once I got born again, those things just felt like friction on my spirit when I would hear secular music and TV and, and those aren't sin. But what happens is it's Secular people doing secular things Mm -hmm. that aren't led by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When we see and hear those things, our spirit grieves. So we sense and understand that. Um, And I also understand where it's coming from. But that's also testing the fruit. If someone Mm -hmm. says they're a Christian, but they're operating in stuff like that. Yeah. You got to ask yourself sometimes, would I be able to talk? Like that, would I be able to walk like that? Because see, the Holy Spirit transforms us. I could mm. walk and talk a whole lot of secular before, yeah, Jesus,
0: a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm.
2: And then when He comes in and He transforms you, it's almost impossible. Yeah, you do it, and you feel so convicted, not condemned. Yeah, so convicted and and just
1: yucky. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, you know how Colleen Hoover books are like all the rage right now. They're all over the place. And I've probably read 10 of them. And I mean, I'm like page chapter, you know, like nonstop, can't put it down. And I was noticing like, Oh, well, that's funny because I can only read like one chapter of Reborn or like whatever Christian book I'm reading. You know, I like read a chapter, check the box. And then I'm like digging into this book. And we had gone to Jamaica and I spent the entire time laying by the pool reading these books. And right on our way home from that trip, I had this strong conviction that I'm not supposed to be reading those books. And I was like, no, God, not the <laughs> Colleen Hoover. <because laughs> I really enjoy them. They're so enjoyable but I think for me, it's like, I'm just, we're um, working so hard on our marriage. And so to be reading like ungodly stories of, you know, love and romance and whatever, it's not the way God intended for any of it to be. And it was just such a conviction for me. And so I'm like, I've got to pack all these up and give them away because I don't even want them now. Like, I don't want that here. That's um,
2: so funny that you should say that because I have been tempted to go read those, but I've mm-hmm. asked multiple people, are these Christian and nobody's answered me. So now you just answer me. I'm like, and, yeah. and that you have to be able to do that. But that's funny. You should say that because through this program also, I call it a program. It's really just mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah. But uh, Terry, the the gentleman that um, put this material out, he said the same thing. Was it? Um, oh, my gosh. Now I can't think of that. There was this movie that came out. It was almost like bondage type stuff. With oh, stuff. yeah.
1: Um, Sh- Fifty Shades of Grey.
2: Yes. And he okay. said, when that came out, all the women went to go watch the movie and read it. And he said, mm-hmm. do you know that divorce rates skyrocketed that very same, like that very same year?
1: Wow. I, I'm not surprised. I really am not surprised.
2: So like you just said, I, I'm looking for holiness, purity, healing Yes, in different areas of my life. Reading this stuff isn't filling me with what I need to know. And that's exactly what you're going through.
1: Yeah, it, it makes you feel like you're missing something. It makes you feel like what you have, what God has given you, is not enough. It makes you feel like you're lacking, and that you can go find better somewhere else. You know, like it. That's just kind of this underlying thing that I was feeling, and it was yeah, it was it was a major conviction. Jonathan goes because I love reading them on planes too. Like that's I don't what he watches like movies on an iPad, and I read a book, and he's like. Well, do you have a bunch? I'm like, yeah, I have a ton. And he's like, Well, I think God would be okay with it if you've already bought them. And I said, No, 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 sir. That's not how this works. (laughs) I said, God doesn't care if I bought them or not. God told me no more reading Colleen Hoover, and I'm gonna listen. Oh
2: my gosh, that's so good. And that's so funny because I literally had that question on those books. I was like, everybody's reading them, so there you go. There's that rebellion. I'm like, Everybody is reading. Them. Everybody's doing them. it. And then I'm like, something just kept me from opening it and looking at it. For some reason, it's been about six months, probably. And now yeah. that you just caught up, that's hilarious. That's
1: yeah. Maybe really that fun. was a message for you as well. We're not supposed to read them.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'm not even going to attempt it. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So he brings that conviction when we work in and through God. God's Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We work from his power, not our own. Um and he does. He sanctifies us. He purifies us. He transforms us. And so, when we feel that conviction, he's just saying, "That's not for you. I have something mm-hmm. better." And that's mm-hmm. that. That's that simple conviction. But it's never condemnation. So, if you have condemnation, um, that's coming from the enemy. That's yeah. shame, guilt, yeah. all those things. That's not from God either. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So witchcraft. Yeah, witchcraft's rooted in all sorts of secular things. Um, a couple, like you just mentioned, in books, in TV programming, and radio. Um uh music, all that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so we have two more on exposing rebellion. Um, so the next one's Jude 1, 11.
1: Okay, woe to them. They have taken the way of Cain. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's error, and they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion.
2: So right there, again, is just pointing out rebellion. Um, They were rushing for their own, you know, being their own gods, again, rebelling against God's will. Um, And so they're resisting God's authority again, because when you're so focused on doing your own thing and you're so focused on building your own thing, you Mm -hmm. automatically pretty much fall into rebellion, not even realizing it. Yeah. Um, And then the last scripture for this one is Titus one six.
1: An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient.
2: Yeah. So that pretty much lays it right out there. If we want to lead and if we want to not cause others to stumble, um, rebellion will disqualify a man from leadership. If it's godly, (laughs) you know, it will literally disqualify. So are we willing to put Um, that on the line to disqualify us from what God has called us to do in leadership. Um, All right. So the key, the antidote to rebellion is submission, right? Mm -hmm. So to stop rebelling against God, we have to submit. So we repent and we submit Mm -hmm. to God. So the next uh, five scriptures we're going to go through are going to be a call to submission, Um, So James four, seven is the first scripture we're going to go to.
1: I just want to say something. So this is coming to me too, is that just like, so when, when God convicted me about reading those books, I just, I, I really wanted to be like, no, I want, I really, I don't, it's not that big of a deal, right? Like I want to read the book, but the truth of the matter is your life will never be, you'll let, you're not in the will of God when you're out of the will of God, I guess is the bottom line. Like you're never going to have this beautiful life. You're not going to be living out God's plan for your life when you're not submitting to his will for you. And that's just why it's better. Even when it feels hard, even when you're like, no, why this? Like, why does it have to be this thing? That that book is a silly example because there are like huge things that people are called to People are called to walk away from their, you know, their homes and their lives and go to, um, you know, to be missionaries in, in countries, you know, across the world. And there's huge things that people are called to do, but that is God's will for their life. And so when they have that conviction in their heart, when they feel that calling, like your life is not going to be your, your way is not better than God's. It's just the bottom line, you know, and I think that's so hard to reconcile in our, our, the way our, our brains work.
2: That's so good. I'm glad you touched on that because like you said, it might sound silly to someone else like those books, but for Mm -hmm. you, the minute you've been convicted from the Holy Spirit, that book is a sin now. Yeah. Because God already told you that you're not supposed to be reading it. So Mm -hmm. see how that can be. That's that personal relationship, intimacy, hearing the voice of God, guiding and leading us there are some things biblically that may not be sin for someone else and Mm -hmm. there are some things that are um for like me for alcohol for instance it's a sin Mm -hmm. for me because god's already told me i can't have it
0: Yeah.
1: now
2: it's not a sin for someone that's not drunk right you don't know your limits and you can't just have one yep and it's probably a sin but there are just different things like that that um I'm not supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to be doing. And that's that level of intimacy that is so good because without hearing the voice of God and without those little convictions, mm-hmm. he already knows that we can't have those things go with us into our future for our purpose. Right. They're right. going to hinder us. They're going to slow us down. They're going to keep uh, handcuffs on us essentially right. in right. some way, shape or form. Maybe it's even just the way we think.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, like Kristen said, it may not be easy at the time, but I can also um, say that once you get through it and you say, because there are some things I didn't want to release either
0: mm-hmm. when
2: I heard him say it. And I kept saying, no, not that one. Tell me something else. I like that one. Like Kristen said, no, I love Colleen. <laughs> yes. No, I love that one. I was like, yep. God, just tell me something. And he's like, he's told me the same thing over and over. I'm like, no, not that one. Something else. And he told me the same thing for a year and a half. Wow. And I rebelled against it because I didn't want to let it go. Yeah. And it wasn't until I surrendered that, that I had peace in that area of my life. And freedom. Exactly. I yes, was and balled up in chains and I didn't even know it
1: didn't recognize it because you, you couldn't, you couldn't recognize it because you were so far out of his will for your life. And so you're just, you know, when you're off on your own path, I mean, just nothing's going to go right <laughs> Nothing's going to go right. And I remember, I don't even know why I'm thinking of this, but when I was young, I was like, well, how do I know if I'm on the path? And what if I went too far off the path? And if I went so far off the path and like, because I was like, but I got divorced. And so now obviously God didn't want me to get divorced. And so now I I thought like I could never get on the back on the path. But what I didn't realize is that God already knew (laughs) he already, I didn't surprise him. I didn't disappoint him. I didn't let him down. He already knew every decision I was going to make. Um, because I was just like, I think I got way too far off the path. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get back on.
2: Yeah, no, I think that speaks to a lot of Christians too, in a lot of different areas where they feel that. And that right there was condemnation.
0: Mm. See how the was
2: coming in and he was deceiving you, telling you you're too far off, you're too far gone, you're too far. Guess what? You were never too far gone for God. Yeah, God yeah. is bigger than any of those situations, any of those circumstances, and He's going to take Him, turn around for the good. But the enemy can get us so stuck if we don't know the truth and think that we're not good enough for God. There's nothing that we could ever possibly do to be good enough for God. He chose us and he just wants us to choose him. And when we seek him and we follow him. That's where we get our power and authority from is all straight from him. We are nothing without him.
1: Yes. Amen. 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 Okay. So good. So, okay. Back on track, James four, seven. So submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you.
2: Yeah. So simply said, submitting to God is an act of resisting the devil. So when we submit to God and say, okay, God, I don't want to do this, but okay, God, Mm -hmm. we automatically repel the devil. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, amazing.
2: Like, I don't even have to do anything else other than submit to God and the devil's yes. gone. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes.
2: Um, all right, Hebrews 13, 17.
1: Okay, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be joy, not burden, but, but I'm sorry, for that would be of no benefit to you.
2: Yep, so... The people in leadership, we're supposed to submit to them, Um, Mm. especially if they're, you know, they're getting there. I mean, you should never submit to someone in leadership to walk yourself into a sin.
0: But Mm. we should
2: respectfully submit to leadership, regardless of our opinions, sometimes, as long as it's not leading us into rebellion
1: or sin. Yeah, that that was, I'm not going to lie, that was convicting to me (laughs) when I read it. I was like oh, that's a little convicting just be politically oh, speaking like, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> what,
2: about those in, what about those in government what about those what about that's those what I
1: was that? thinking like, yes exactly <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so I think that's a good one too just especially with where our world's at right now. it's like God still like submit just oh don't gosh. sin. just don't walk into that sin. Oh, that can be tough yeah um. All right. And then the next one is Ephesians 5, 22, and then 6, 2.
1: Okay. 5, 22. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And 6, 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth.
2: Yeah, that's so good. So I'm gonna to touch on this because our culture is so twisted today that you know, people get so uptight sometimes about these statements, like, Well, I have to submit to my husband. Yes, that's actually the godly order that yeah. God wanted us to. Now God's natural order is God, then the husband seeking yes. God.
1: Godly yeah. wisdom. Yes, when
2: the wife submitting to the husband who's seeking God. Yeah. So if your husband's out sinning and doing all this crazy stuff, again, you're not supposed to walk yourself into sin, but -hmm. natural submission to our husband, natural submission to our parents. Now, again, if you come from a dysfunctional family where your parents, you know, they they weren't godly. They did Mm -hmm. some things. Um, Again, don't walk yourself into a sin. Break the generational curses, which means repent, change the way you think and do stuff different.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: But still, there's just that little, there's that respect, that forgiveness, that heart posture without leading yourself into sin. If they're
1: not following God, kind of respect from a distance, the boundaries, boundaries. I'm reading this boundary book and it's like, they're not, are you reading? (laughs) I have you read it? Yeah. We're doing a little book club. Um, but that boundaries are not just a good idea. They're a God idea. And sometimes we think that, you know, turn the other cheek, forgive everyone for everything, because that's what God says, but boundaries are really important. So sometimes to be able to, you know, be able to do these things that God's asked, you have to set a boundary, put a little space in between you. And if someone is living in sin.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so you can, respect them from afar. Like mm-hmm. Kristen saying, that's an incredible book. If you guys haven't read the book boundaries, um, I've recommended that to many of people who are people pleasers, professional yes. people pleasers. And I'm going to even say a lot of these people struggle with in their own families. It's almost like they have to go home and they have to recreate the family play that mm-hmm. person that they were for all of their life, just to fit into their family and keep everybody happy. Yeah. There's healthy boundaries. And again, um, we can respect them, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still going to stand firm and and rooted in Christ. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I've, that's, that's I, a big one. I've been talking a lot actually on here about that. I that's what I've realized in going through a lot that we've been through recently. That I've just had, and I, I I've known it, um, but I've just had the hierarchy all wrong, and it's almost been like, not even like God, kids, husband. It was more kids. God husband or like, just, I had it all wrong. I really had it all wrong. And I knew, but I would justify it by like, well, I got divorced and I'm now I'm making up for my sins. I'm making up for my sins by putting them first. And it's just not the way God wanted it. And so nothing falls into place the way it should. Nothing is easy. Nothing goes, you know, the way you think it will, when you have the hierarchy wrong.
2: So good. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's submission. So that causes us as wives, even if like in your marriage and Kristen, you can probably even attest to this too, that you're reading, did I see the power of a praying wife?
1: Just finished it. Yes. So good on your recommendation. It was amazing. And now I bought power of a praying husband for Jonathan and he's reading it. Yeah.
2: And literally it's releasing control in all that we do. It's knowing God's way and then submitting to that way. And oftentimes it's just stuff that we're not comfortable with, or we've put walls up or our heart is hardened to for protection and God's like, wait, you're hurting yourself though. And you're hurting those around you because you're not submitting to me. And I had things totally mixed up as well. Just like Kristen Mm -hmm. said for so long. And again, it's like that shame and guilt. That's condemnation from the enemy, not conviction. Mm -hmm. Well, I messed all this up for all these years. So now I have to make it up to him because of his younger years and Then my husband's going to suffer because I'm not going to submit to him because I'm a little bit smarter than he is. Or I'm a little bit. Yes. And then
1: your child's going to grow up to have it all wrong too, right? Because we've modeled it wrong their whole life. We modeled it wrong. So it's like, I'm just thinking like, okay, I have this chance to like, to fix this and, and, you know, show how it's supposed to be and how it was meant to be and how I'm supposed to, um, I think I've said this on here too, but we were in church and the pastor said, are you, um, sacrificially loving your wife? And I just like had my eyes closed and I was like, yes, he is. And then it said, are you submissively loving your husband? And I was like, no, I'm not. And that was the gentle conviction of the Holy spirit. Like right there. It was like, okay, loud and clear. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I say gentle, but it might've been more like a slap upside the head. Like, come on, sis, sometimes I've been is. trying to tell you.
2: <laughs> and sometimes we need that, you know, it's like, We need that so much so that we just hear them clearly and we say, wow, I had it all wrong. And it's honestly, we need to take a look. This is what culture doesn't do, but we take a mirror and we stick it in front of our face and we say, where have you had it wrong?
1: Nikki, show me.
2: Yeah. Where have I had it wrong? Where have I gone wrong? Where can I humble myself? Where can I, where can God soften my heart and heart and where can I submit? Because it's not until we do those things that our life will change. Yes. Um, that was powerful, but yeah, yeah, um, power of a praying wife, if you're married and I'm going to oh. even say, if you're not married yet, go yes. read that book before you get married or while you're married. And I tell you what, that is changing. Like I can't say our marriage was in trouble,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I read it and I thought, wow, had I not maybe read this and had this conviction, we might've had trouble down the road because of right. it. I was right. not submitting
1: mm-hmm. and Yeah, I
2: was just in control of everything. And my husband's so soft that he just takes it
1: that and see oh i God. think i think that that was what he let me so i just took i i i just took it because he let me and he's so nice like <laughs> he's yes, so, so nice fine. yes and so yeah so i took advantage of his kindness and yeah did it completely out of whack, not at all how god would have wanted it and so yes i'm i'm and the thing is even though that's hard i'm so grateful to have had that conviction because again nothing's going to be going right if you're out of the will of god and so the Everything that you do should be getting yourself back in the will of God. Right. It's like when yeah. it's when the GPS, you screw up and she recalculates, like you just got to keep recalculating and getting back on the right road.
2: Yes. And never think that you're going to be in the spirit 24 seven. Sometimes you're going to step into the flesh and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's going to draw you back. Now the enemy's going to say, he's going to convict you when you're in the flesh and he's mm-hmm. going to say, Messed it all up. See, you did this. See, You did that. And instead of saying, yeah, you're right. You're going to say, yeah, you know what? You are right. I can't do any of this without God. And then you're going to step back in the spirit. And so it's just that use those convictions from the um, Holy Spirit, but then use that condemnation when the enemy comes in and go, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have been out here playing around by myself anyway.
1: Right. To without turn you God. straight back to God. Yeah.
2: I'm going to go right back. Like I need to be spirit led right now. And right now I was just in my flesh. Yes. So I use whenever the enemy tries to come in, I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a dangerous place out here without
0: mm-hmm. God. So mm-hmm. I'm going to step
2: back in and be spirit led and not fleshly led right now. Yes. So yes. just know that sometimes you're going to go out of step and that's okay. You're going to come back in. You can't, you can't be God. You can't be perfect. Um, We just can't yeah. be, we're human. So <clears throat>
1: right. Right.
2: Um, wow. Okay. That's good. Let's go Matthew, since you have that one pulled up. Okay. Matthew five through 15 and then i'll pull up first Peter.
1: okay thank you all right yeah. so when jesus had entered capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed suffering terribly jesus said to him shall i come and heal him the centurion replied lord i do not deserve to have you come under my roof but just a, just say the word and my servant will be healed for i myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that that many will come from the east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing teeth then jesus said to the centurion go let it be done just as you believed it would and this servant was healed at that moment when jesus came into peter's house he saw peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever he touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him
2: yeah that's so good so um you know faith is defined as living under authority so Mm. faith isn't well, I have faith, and I have faith in myself because we fail ourselves every single time we put our hope in ourselves, and mm-hmm. we're not equipped in our in our own power and, and might. But faith is defined as living under that authority.
1: Faith in yourself is almost you being your own God, right? <laughs> like faith is just by virtue of what faith is. Yeah, our faith is in God.
2: In God, yeah, yeah. and God's Holy Spirit lives in us, and right. that's. Who- have the faith in and see that's where we get distorted and building our own empires and our own I I I you know it's like jeez yeah. so I, I don't know about you but I have like even lately and I'm just three and a half years into being born again but I lately have just been more so hearing submission and humbling like just humbling mm. yourself sometimes just zip it Nikki just zip it and don't say anything and just do you want
1: something that has been coming up for me is that I'm, I always think that I'm extremely humble, but what I do really is I don't give myself any kind of credit for anything. I talk down about myself a lot. And I had this girl tell me, she's like, that's the opposite of humility. That's pride. You think, you know, better than God, because that is not who God says that you are. And that was a huge conviction for me because here I am thinking I'm being humble and I have all this humility, like God wants for me, or like God asked me to have. And then she turned it around and she said, that's pride. And I was like, oh, you know, it was like a dagger. So it's something that I have to think about all the time because God doesn't say that, um, you know, all these, I don't know, whatever it is that I get into feeling like down about or whatever, like, oh, I you know, I don't know. I can't think of a good example, but it was, it was really, really, really convicting. And just like a, another like slap in the face moment, like, Oh, wow. I had that all wrong.
2: Did we, was it us that talked about this then? Because this was just brought up too. So, um, let me know if this was on last, the last call, but the Lord literally showed me this recently too. He said pride. And and I've always thought it was like materialistic things. And like, Mm. I have this and we have that and we've built this and we like, pride. And he showed me, he goes, pride is also someone who is wallowing in self-pity. Yes. Because why? Because I don't have this and we're going through this and I'm going through this and I don't, it's all I. I. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. He goes,
2: so someone who is in victimhood is not walking in victory in me. They're choosing to walk in themselves. And even though they haven't built a monument, they've built Right. Their life all self-consuming around them and their victimhood, and that is pride.
1: Mm, dang, so I'm
2: good. Like, whoa!
0: So yeah. there's
2: two different sides, and so that kind of reminded me of what you just said. The Lord literally showed me that a couple of weeks ago because I know some people who have been in the same problem as they were twenty years ago. If I ran into another yeah. the grocery store, I have to run because I am like, oh, they're gonna tell me the same story.
0: Yeah, yeah. go!
2: I can't listen to it one more time because yep. they're so self consuming in their
1: problems that's right pride. right right they've almost made an idol of their problem at that point
2: yes and mm-hmm. and it's like where's god
1: mm-hmm. so what did
2: god say about that and they're like well, what do you mean right well what did god like god can heal that god can help yeah. you in that. it's almost like say? well
1: god's allowing us to be stuck here for so long you know it's like the, it almost turns into like blaming god for the problem instead of realizing that yes. you have total authority over it because of god
2: yeah. So I don't know. I think that's a word for somebody. I know it was a word for me. So since you brought it up, I heard it from the Lord a couple weeks ago. He said, pride is anything self-absorbed, whether you're in victimhood mentality, you have mm-hmm. all these things happening to you. Remember, I am bigger than anything you could ever possibly go through. Yeah, but You're not turning to me. You're turning to yourself consumption mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or anything that you're building upon yourself. Look at me. Look what I have. Look what we've built.
1: Yeah. Or defining uh, yourself by fleshly things rather than what God says about you. Cause I think that's what I, I just feel like humility is never being, you know, I don't know. Like it's, it's like, you know, I, I noticed Susanna will say it a lot to me. Like, you got to take a little, like you've done this, like you've done it. What, what, Like you've done it with God or whatever, but I'm just like, Oh no, I'm not that great. I didn't do the thing. And she's like, no, you know, there's just such a line between, cause I, I just really believed it to be humility, but really I'm just, Really opposing what God says that I am,
2: yeah, and what He's done in and through you,
1: right, right. The work He's and, done. And I
2: think that's it. I think you're feeling conviction because mm-hmm. I've felt conviction like that before too, and I actually had to go back and look, and it was the way that I had declared it mm. as I had built it. I didn't ah, give.
1: God. Right. That's
2: where. That's where He showed me. You feel guilty about the way you showed up three years ago because you said you built that. Mm. You didn't give me the glory for that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. exactly why I feel conviction on that. And so he said, We did that, but you yeah. took all the glory.
1: Wow.
2: So maybe, I don't know if that's what you're like, I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I, I showed up, but that's something he showed me.
1: Yeah. It was just such an interesting, something I never, ever considered. And I mean, I kind of, I hate that when that happens, but then I also love it because it's like, whoa, and just every, it's just like what what I said about reading the Bible. You open it and you learn something new every day or every time you open it, even if you read the same passage, like you're learning something different or seeing something that you haven't seen. It's kind of the same thing with just like, you know, you've lived your life in this way all along and you've thought you were doing things right. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's like this, just this conviction and you see everything differently. And it's just so, mind blowing. And, you know, you just, I don't know. He just, he, his timing, he shows you things in in his timing, you know,
2: he does. And I was just talking to some uh, people the other night in this other freedom, like inner healing ministry that we do. And they're in their fifties and they're getting this revelation and this conviction and realizing it's a spirit led life, not a fleshly led life. And they're like, man, I've had it wrong for 58 years. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, is it is it too? Like, I feel like it's too late. Like, what do I do now? And it's like, no.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: God knew that you were going to be fifty-eight. He yes. you were going to be right here in this healing ministry on February fifteenth.
1: Yes, and He's the voice saying, Re- recalculating. He's and just he's getting 15. you right back. Yeah.
2: He is, and so there's no guilt in that. Yeah. And you know, it, it just—he knew. He knew. Yes.
1: God knew. Yes. He already knew. Uh,
2: I just pulled up this last scripture. I, I'm sorry, I probably forgot to send this. But um, so this last scripture is 1 Peter two thirteen through 17, and it's titled Submission to Authority. So it says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So God's put everything into position, and we are to submit to that civil authority. Even when we think it looks evil, God has put everyone in position even in government, I know that's hard to believe, <laughs> uh, even in government. And so we submit to that. Why? Because the evil then can see us who know God submitting mm-hmm. to that. We're not fighting it. Like we're the, We're not going to crush that thing on our own. Right. God's going to. We can submit right. to that and pray for that behind the scenes because it right. all happens in the spiritual realm. Right. So that's how those things are taken down. So um, I know this one probably wasn't as fun because... It's like taking that rebel, you know, up and out of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know it's. I, I guess for me, the the biggest thing that I took out of rebellion and each time I go through it is witchcraft. It's, yeah, rebellion is witchcraft, and you can find that in First Samuel. Um yeah. Uh, First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Rebellion is identified as witchcraft, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be operating in witchcraft. No, um, I'm a child of God, so
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I to
2: take that really seriously. Yes, and really study that. Um, so that's that's rebellion in a nutshell. Um, and like I said, if you don't know the will of God, if you don't know the word of God, chances are you've probably rebelled against God.
1: Right, right. God.
2: Every single one of us has. Right, and so um. I know we do have a repentance prayer as well. Are we going to read that today? Or did you want to just put that in the show notes? I'm going to Um, do
1: both. I want to read it. I want to read it. And something that I just thought of when you said that too, is that, you know, you don't know what you don't know, but there's at some point you have a responsibility to find it out, right? Like God doesn't condemn us, well, period, but he doesn't convict us or whatever the word is for things that we don't know. But at some point I was reading that one time, like worry about the things that you do know. But if you've listened to this podcast now, you know, you know, it's like you can't go back now. Now, you know,
2: (laughs) I said that, too, in my inner healing course. And I when I took that because I was unsaved, my whole family was unsaved. Mm -hmm. So I came in there and all these Christian women and I said, I always knew what I was doing was wrong, but I never knew what was right. Yes.
1: Amen. Now, you know, yes, you can't unknow it now. Now you have a responsibility and I just like, it's a, it's a, it's a huge responsibility, but again, you want to be living in the will of God. There's no better way to live than in the will of God. So, um, you know, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so this, um, repentance prayer. Okay. So, Gracious God, you are sovereign and holy, compassionate and faithful. You created me to be in loving relationship with you. You seek to shape and guide me by your perfect will into righteousness for my protection. Yet I rebel against your will and I seek my own way. I choose to follow my own desires even when they are destructive. My heart is rebellious as I do what I think is right. You have called me to deny myself, take up my cross and follow you. Please forgive me for missing the mark. Forgive me for slipping away. Forgive me for my sinful nature and action. I invite you to transform my life by the power of your Holy Spirit living inside of me. Redeem and restore me to glorify you, Lord, as I seek who you are and fill my life with your living word. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm, So good.
2: Amen. That is so good. Do we have just a few minutes because I am suddenly I'm kind of feeling prompted to read this story. It's called The Story of the Secret Rebel. And I don't know why. um, I feel like this could really touch like teens. It could touch Mm -hmm. like people in their younger 20s. Um, and there's probably a lot of people like walking through that right now. So can we love it? Let's
1: do it. Yes, absolutely. Okay.
2: So keep in mind, this is a true story from someone that took this course and the person writing this is the person that wrote this material. It's our friend, Terry. Um, okay. So it's titled the story of the secret rebel. Um, So Terry says, I have had the privilege over the years of speaking at many youth Bible camps in several states. Shortly after discovering the seven basic strongholds of Satan, I started sharing them at numerous youth camps. At one particular camp in Minnesota, the messages seemed to be falling on deaf, unresponsive ears. Satan was working hard to pluck the seeds of the word from the hearts of the young campers. I was asking God for a breakthrough. Later in the week, we had a testimony. A young woman who was a very popular counselor stood up and went to the microphone. The Holy Spirit used what she had shared to spark a major breakthrough among the campers. I'll try to capture her testimony the best I can remember it. Here's what she shared with us. I know some of you have been mocking the messages Terry has been bringing this week. Let me share my my story. I grew up in a sheltered Christian home. My parents set strict boundaries for me. They thought I was the perfect little girl, but they didn't know I had become a secret rebel behind their backs. I was devious and deceitful. My whole life was a lie. This week, Terry summarized my entire life story. My deception and bitterness fed my rebellion. One night, I lied to my parents about where I was going. I ended up at a wild party with some friends. There was alcohol, drugs, and sex. It was wild. When it was time to leave, the driver of the car had already passed out. I was only 15 and didn't have a driver's license, but my friends threw me the keys and told me to drive. On the way back, I lost control, rolled the car down an embankment. When the dust settled, three of the passengers were dead. I Mm. lost my best friends that night. I think about her. I think about them every day. Many of my classmates and much of the community blamed me. It was a very heavy burden for me to carry. Satan comes only to lie, steal, kill, and destroy. He promises us fun and pleasure, but delivers disappointment, hurt, pain, and regret. He wants us to ruin our lives. Jesus has forgiven me. I now walk very close to him and seek to serve him with the rest of my life. For that, I'm very thankful, but I wish I could take that night back. I thought I was a Christian and didn't think Satan could touch me, but I was so wrong. I was only 15 and I was already in bondage to the first five strongholds of this program. Mm-hmm. I was deceived rebellious angry bitter and unforgiving at my parents sexually immoral and getting drunk every chance I got I thought I I thought I had found the good life but it turned out and turned on me so quickly I was playing into Satan's hand and didn't even know it many of you are heading down the same path I was on I hope my story is a wake-up call I beg you to open your eyes before it's too late for you or someone close to you um, before this happens to you or someone close to you, you might not end up in a car accident, but your whole life is heading for a wreck in some way, shape, or form. Some of you are going to get pregnant and have secret abortions. A few mm-hmm. of you have already have. Others are going to battle addictions to alcohol, drugs, and pornography. Many of you are already harboring anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, and hate. Open your eyes and soften your hearts. Satan already has a rope around your neck, and it's going to choke the life out of you if you don't get free now. Jesus wants to save you from more than your sins. He wants to save you from yourself. Jesus is in the business of setting people free. Mm -hmm. So that was it. That was her story. It was followed by several minutes of silence and tears. The seeds of the gospel had been well watered. The Holy Spirit was working. Several became Christians that night. Others rededicated their lives. Many started sharing the depth of their own secret sins and bondage after that and how their lives were out of control. They are all asking for help. Rebellion can be so subtle, yet so destructive.
1: Hmm. Wow.
2: So I know that's younger, but. Um,
1: no, I that I resonates with my younger self. And I know like I'm already thinking of who I'm going to send this podcast to um, because I know that can speak to so many.
2: Yeah. That's so, so So, Yeah. That's just one. And then I don't mean to jump ahead, but next month you're going to want to come back because it might be one of my favorites.
1: I can't wait. (laughs) I literally, I cannot wait. Um, this was incredible. Um, I just learned so much and I, I just love learning from you, Nikki. And I'm so grateful. We, we all, Steph and I, and everyone who's listening and sending us messages, like we're so grateful for your time and your willingness to share with us. It's just, it's just going to change so many lives. And I, I thank you.
2: Yes. I thank you guys. Like I said, it's honestly just as fulfilling for me to just go through this and and walk through it myself each and every time. So it's actually a gift for me. So thank you for allowing the word of God to just continue spreading to more ears and um, for the purpose of setting souls free.
1: Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Happy Monday. Have the best day and we'll see you here next week. Okay. That's a wrap on another episode of Activate. Stay up to date by following Steph underscore view and Kristen Lee Ballard on Instagram. Please share this episode and rate and review us today on iTunes. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Later.